Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Are you ready for the word? Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 and through 30. And we had a great time yesterday at uh, Christ's Kitchen. It was so good to be there and, and pray for people. We prayed for individuals. We, uh, The team served, and it was just a great time, great time. I believe we have a full table back there in, in, in Legacy right now of people that are attending, new people that are attending our Connection Point classes. New people, that's wonderful. I think there's probably six of them back there, maybe four or six. I don't know. It's just exciting. And don't we have great musicians and singers in this church? These guys, man, I'll tell you what, they're just, we're so blessed. So much potential. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter 12. I'm so excited to talk to you all about this today and do my best to teach you. Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 says, Then one who was brought to him who was demon-possessed, blind and mute, how many of you believe that there are still spirits in this world, demons and devils, that, that try to mess with us? I mean, you believe in God, right? Okay. God, God is real. God is true. But there's also ungodly influences. And, and so this person was demon-possessed and blind and mute. And, and he healed him so that the blind and the mute man both spoke and saw. And all the multitudes were amazed and said, could this be the son of David, referring to Jesus? Now when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not come, this fellow does not cast out demons except through Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. So what they were saying about Jesus was that he was demonic because he did something like this. So the Lord, he knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. Every city or house divided against itself will not stand. Turn to your neighbor and tell them, hell can't have my house. Cannot have my house. And so, here's what he says. The Lord said this. If Satan cast out Satan, verse 26, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. But I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. Surely, everyone say, surely. The kingdom of God has come upon you. That's what Jesus told them. Surely, because you see this happening, and we're doing it by the Spirit of God, I'm operating under, under the auspices of my Father. The, surely, the kingdom of God has come. God still delivers. Oh, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man? So we're talking about individuals now. He said that how can one enter into someone's house except he first bind the strong man? And then he will plunder his house. He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters abroad. 
Today we're going to be talking about how the kingdom of God was meant for you to reign and keep trespassers, trespassers, and to keep the enemy out of your home and out of your family. And that God has given you something great in your life to withstand everything, every attack, every ploy, every snare. Now, in case you're wondering, we've been talking about this a lot. Um, we want to inspire you as well, encourage you, and we want to challenge you. So let me get the inspiration out of the way. Let me, let me just tell you right now, you are great. You're wonderful. You can do anything you set your mind to. You are a success. You are a child of God, and you are loved, and you will never be defeated. There's your inspiration, okay? Let me get down to teaching you now to help you walk in maturity and walk in a place that you'll see everything in your life come to pass. Are you ready for it? Come on, lift up your hands. Bless the service today. Somebody, come on, somebody lift up your voice. Pray for me. Pray that God would anoint my lips. Pray that the anointing of God would come upon us and that you would have a heart to hear what the Spirit says. Now, Father, set the atmosphere. Set the atmosphere, Father. Have your way today. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Thank you for the plans that you have for us today. We will walk. We will talk. We will, God, just, just begin to, to see everything. Everything you have for us come to pass. And someone say, thy kingdom come. Say, your will be done. Right now in this church service. Say, right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy. He's so worthy. You can be seated this Sunday morning. Thank you for standing. Thank you for worshiping. Thank you for giving. Thank you for serving. Thank you for being here. Now, someone told me one time that locks and windows are for honest people. Locks and windows are for honest people. If someone really wanted to get into your house, they probably could. They probably could. I mean, I, I've got security cameras around my house now. And, it, it, you know, it, it, I can see who does what, but if they really wanted to, they can get into my house. I'm not worried about that. And, and in our society and today, um, there are so many... Uh, technological inventions for security. You can pay somebody a lot of money to bring protection to your home. I mean, I did the research. I wanted to know if I want the best door on the market to keep people out, if I wanted the best door, no one can ramrod it, no one can drive up on it with their vehicle, and but I want to know what is that going to cost me? And I looked at it. You can spend anywhere from $1,000 to $10,000 on a high-security door. We're talking like a vault in a bank. You can have them as thick as you want, but no one wants to have a big old thick door like that. But they're concise, and they're smaller, and you can buy them where they have triple bars into metal frames, concrete solid metal it looks like wood on the outside it looks like typical thin metal when you go up to it trust me you do not want to try to kick that door down 
you will break your foot. And then you can buy windows. And I thought, okay, what's the best window out there? You can spend up to $2,000 a window. Bulletproof, <laughs> unbreakable, metal all around. And then that's with adding some security bars. Some burglar bars is what they call it around your windows. And even get storm windows where you can have a solid piece of metal or slide down. Or like garage doors go down for hurricane proof and wind proof and all of that. There is no limit to that. Or you can pitch and you can buy and, and, and buy a panic room. And you can have a panic room built anywhere from 3,000. It's probably cheaper. Probably, you probably know how to do it yourself. If you're Latino, you probably build center blocks or something like that to <laughs> run your own cable extension cords and all that. But, but the high dollar ones, the high dollar ones, fully suited with all the devices, cameras, air conditioning, concealed ventilation, everything in operation can run you up to anywhere around $30,000. We're just talking security, and I'm telling you that, and, and you know, nowadays we've got great security companies, and they, you can buy security for your home with cameras and all of that and tied into the, uh, the, the police department. and You can get warnings, and you can get notifications of any kind of trespassing and so forth. But, but to pay for security in your home, I mean, that's a lot. And then you can get someone to guard. But believe it or not, there are people in this world, there's lots of them who paid this kind of money just to have a secure home. Just to have a secure home. And I started thinking about this, and I wondered, you know, what are some of the, the most secure places in the world? Number one, uh, one of the most secure places in the world is Fort Knox. Fort Knox in, in Kentucky. And no one has ever tried to break into it, and no one, and if they have, they've never succeeded. Fort Knox is where they have all the gold. And I guarantee you there's a lot of security around that place. Another area is called Area 51. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some big dummy, I'm, excuse my language, I grew up watching Fred Sanford, so... Somebody tried to promote this hoax about running the gates of Area 51, and instead they just held a rave outside and a concert outside there. <laughs> and they went and interviewed this guy, and you see this guy running through the cameras like that. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I wish I could have been there. <laughs> not even knowing why I'm there. It's funny to be there. Idiots, sorry. So crazy. So crazy. The Vatican is another one. The Vatican's another place. The Granite Mountain Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Records vault in Utah. Believe it or not, Saddam's Hussein's bunker, 100 feet down, can house up to probably 50 people. It was designed to withstand nuclear bombs, and, and it was a shelter, and it survived many bombings, even the, what they call the bunker busters. It is pretty deep. But the one that we all know is the White House. The White House is one of the most secure facilities in the world. 
ranks in there at about number four or so, but it's one of the most secure. They've caught people recently trying to run across the, the, the White House lawn, and they've captured them and tackled them and got them before they got even close. But would you believe that no matter how high the security is, that people have still made it in? Now, I'm going to show a video, but I'm, there's no political intent or persuasion with this, but it just happened. I want you to look at a couple that did that. Here it is. This time, they had a formal invitation and even a reserved table with name cards. But today, Mikel and Tarek Salahi snubbed Congress and refused to testify about their White House party-crashing escapade. That left the hot seat to Secret Service Director Mark Sullivan. In our line of work, we cannot afford even one mistake. Sullivan said the Secret Service was solely responsible for the breach. Three uniformed officers have now been suspended. Clearly, this protocol was not followed. A mistake was made in errant judgment. Sullivan's out. candor, though, didn't stop his critics, who said the security failure presented a real danger. Severe violation and potential threat to the President and Vice President of the United States. But the Secret Service chief disagreed, saying the Salahis were checked by metal detectors and other undisclosed measures. That couple called the Salahi couple, they made it into a private party into the White House, made it past security. They were passing off on a fake name and they made it all the way into the White House party and took pictures with all the celebrities in that place. <laughs> okay, listen, this is just funny to me. If I offend you, it's all right, get a sense of humor. <laughs> this couple walked into the most secure, one of the most secure facilities in America, walked right in, took pictures with the president, the vice president, and all the celebrities that were there and had a great day, had a great meal, and didn't pay a thing for it. <laughs> That's funny. I, think about this, though. The most secure place. So that tells me no matter how secure you think you are, the only, there is still a way for the enemy or anyone to come into your family or into your private life. And that, talk, and that spoke volumes to me. Here's the, here's the fact. If we lack awareness, if we lack discernment, anyone can breach our souls. Anyone can come into our life. Any addiction can come in. Any spirit can come in. Any person carrying those influences can come in if we have no discernment and no awareness. And Jesus began to explain this concept, and he said that there's a house, but every house has a strong man. And if you can defeat the strong man, you can enter into that house. So the problem isn't really the security. Get the best security you can. Build yourself a bunker. It doesn't matter if you have the wrong relationships or you build relationships with the wrong people or you're under the wrong influence. They're going to come right in through the front door and rob you blind of the most precious substances or people in your life, which is your family. To me, it's not about the money. 
It's not about your possessions. It's about your loved ones. And if there isn't a strong man there to stop whoever's coming in, it will wreck your family, steal your family, your future, your happiness, your joy, and take you of the most precious things that God has for you in this world because the most precious things God has for you, they're eternal, they're not material. They're eternal. Turn to your family and tell them you're precious to me. Come on, tell them. If you got your husband there, your wife, your child, your spouse, whoever, your friend, tell them you're precious to me. You're precious to me because you're, 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 you're who I have for life. You're, you're going to go to heaven with me. You're going to spend eternity with me. These are the people that matter to us the most. Life moves at the speed of relationships and the people in your life you need to protect. But the only way you can truly protect them is going to be by allowing God to protect your heart. Your heart. So he said in verse 9, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first bind the strong man? Now I'm going to tell you, I... I grew up in a family. I, I didn't have, I, I couldn't play sports. I just, just could, I can't even play go- golf. You ought to see me trying to play golf. <laughs> Looks like a gorilla trying to swing a bat at a pumpkin. I don't know. That is horrible. I mean, you know, here, let me give you an example. That's just, <laughs> I can barely make it around that my, Trying to swing that thing, it doesn't work. I don't have it. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't have it. I, but in my family, we were powerlifters. So I was a powerlifter with my brother. My brother was a super, super heavyweight, super strong, national champion, all kinds of trophies. We had trophies, and I was able to do that. So, so you know, I know a little bit about that. But I realized this over the years. No matter how fit I am, no matter how how um, intense I work out or no matter how much weight I can lift, if I'm weak in my spirit, it doesn't matter. You, you realize that, right? No matter how many degrees I have, no matter how many books I read, if my mind isn't focused on him and my heart's not on him, it doesn't matter. Because there are certain values that I have to have in my life to keep the enemy out. For example, Samson. Samson was so strong, but yet there was a lady, Delilah, who came into his life and robbed him of his anointing. And not one ounce of strength he had could withstand that because he was strong on the outside, but he was weak on the inside. And this is the key. To get a revelation, to get an experience with the kingdom of God, let the kingdom of God begin to inhabit you and you become one with the king. So if we go further into this, uh, number one, let me give you the only point I'm going to give you today, and that's this. Jesus must dominate your life. Jesus must dominate your life. If you're going to live secure, if you're going to be safe, then you must have Jesus be the Lord of your life, the king of your world, and make sure he can fully reign through you. That's right. He can reign through you. Listen, repeat after me. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. God isn't our gardener to make sure we look good from give us some curb appeal. That's what a lot of Christians have, good curb appeal. 
look good from a distance, as long as you dress the part, as long as you got that smile, as long as you're driving the right car, right vehicle, have the right house, it doesn't matter. My life is good. Real good. That's not your leader. But when you get close, remember we talked about this last week, there are certain rooms we don't want the Lord to come into or our company to come into. Everyone has that one room. Now, maybe not everyone, but some people have that room, that one closet we throw everything in. Well, we're talking about giving God full reign in your life today. How to keep things out. The kingdom of God is everlasting. But here's the definition. In order to understand this, this one point, let's break down the kingdom. Here's by definition. Let's just look at what that means. I believe we have that up there. Well, let me just share it with you. The kingdom of God is comprised of two words. It's king and dominion. Okay? Okay, this is my... Okay, let's do it this way. King and dominion. Two words combined, spelling kingdom. To understand kingdom, it's simply this. There it is. The kingdom. Comprised of two words. By definition, I want you to write this down in your notes. If you're taking notes, do this. If you got it on your phone, text it on your phone under your notes. But just remember this right here because this is what you really need to understand. When we're talking about the kingdom, because some people don't understand it sometimes, when we say kingdom and we say Holy Spirit, how is it all fitting together or how is it synonymous? Well, this is it right here. By definition, the kingdom is where the king's laws are kept. His authority is exercised. His provision is without restraint, and he has the final say. The area in your life where this happens, the king has full reign. Therefore, we call it his kingdom, where he dominates. Not everybody has Jesus in their life dominating. In other words, are overseeing or completely compelled and following him. A lot of people have a lot of a lot of hurt. A lot of people have a lot of offense. A lot of people are very good at finding what's wrong with the church or wrong with people. They even have a list of what's wrong. And when they have a list of what's wrong, then all you can see is what's on that list in your heart, and you'll never see the good. But when you look at the kingdom of, when you look through things through the kingdom of God, you start seeing God around every corner. You start seeing problems that have potential. You start looking at areas that are wrong, but you've become part of the solution. And God puts a servant heart inside of you and says, you know, I'm going to be a help to this. I'm going to contribute and make it better. Maybe God allowed me to see this problem so I can be part of the solution to the problem. And God, that maybe that's why God called me here. Maybe God called me here because he wants me to be, to be uh, a bitty. <laughs> I got to do it. <laughs> he wants me to be part of the family and part of the team. Listen, guys, there is no I in team. This is all about every one of us coming together in unity. And then God said, where there's unity, there he commands the blessing. But when you look through it through the eyes of the kingdom, you have to realize, folks, that where is this place where he has dominion? 
He said it in the scripture. I will not cause them to, to I will cause them to, to love my law because I will put it in their hearts. So he writes his laws inside of us by the Spirit of God, the conviction of God. And there we don't even know it most of the time. When you get a consistent prayer life, I'm going to tell you morning prayer, consistent morning prayer will change your life. It will change your life. The first fire you light throughout the day is the one that's going to get the victory. And when you let your spirit be lit and you get that desire from the Spirit of God to just let your heart burn, you'll carry it throughout the day. Well, you'll have a different perspective and he'll cause you to walk in his laws. Most of you don't even know you're obeying his commandments without even trying because God has changed your heart. In that place where the laws are kept, that's where the king has dominance where his authority is exercised. We're well, not by abuse, but by simply having confidence in who you are, who you belong to, and who calls the shots. You're under the authority of God because you're part of his kingdom as a citizen and a child of God. You're a child of the king. You know your authority, but because you know he's your authority. So in essence... God's given us the authority to do certain things because he wants to do certain things through us. So it's him that does the work. He's the one that casts out demons. He's the one that's the prophet. He's the apostle. He's the teacher. He's the pastor. He is the miracle worker. He's the healer. He's the deliverer. And as long as we see him in that area and know his authority in our life, we can see these things done. That's kingdom. The king reigns through us. That's why he said that he would establish the kingdom. He would put it inside of us, and he would reign through us through our prayers. Nothing happens unless you pray. Nothing happens unless you pray. Why? I don't understand that concept. Well, look at Jesus. He prayed all the time. If Jesus was God in the flesh, why did he pray? Why did he pray? I'll tell you why he prayed. Because he was human. And in human form, there is a barrier between the spirit world and this world. And as long as we are in this world, legally, God will not bypass and just do things beyond human form because he's in a different arena and a different area. And because of what Adam did, he had free reign in this area through Adam. But when sin came in, he could no longer communicate with human beings as like he used to. He had to have the blood sacrifice. And the blood had to make a way for the eternal God, the holy God of all things to come into this world because sin is what caused it to stop because he is holy. And the only way he can continue communication with us was through the blood sacrifice. So once a year, they would enter into the Holy of Holies and repent from behalf of the people. They would take the altar and they would give the sacrifices throughout the week, throughout the day, throughout, th throughout that year. And they would continually bring sacrifices, continually have the altar of incense in, in the holy place ascending up which is a type of prayer and so whenever the holy the, the holy of holies was entered into he was making the petition but that's what god had to set up because we messed up 
But now he became the Lamb of God. And now we have to pray because we're the body, he's the head, and we're the ones that do the work. In order for the head to work, we have to, the body has to do something. And the only place God can be is where his blood is shed. Just like the tabernacle. I'm getting off, key, off my notes for a moment, but I feel like I have to teach you this. How many of you heard about the tabernacle? You know what I'm talking about, right? If you haven't, go look it up at home. What is the tabernacle that was in the wilderness? That was the place that God would have to move to bless Israel. But now, guess what? You and I have become the temple of the Holy Spirit. You and I have a high priest that entered in one time called Jesus Christ after the order of Melchizedek that walked in. And now he prays through us. And now we have intercession with him. He makes intercession for us. And we're covered by the blood. And this is where God moves in our life to bless our families. Now, I'm done with that. But do you get that? Okay. Now back to the point. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we have a misconception in Christianity. We think just because, now don't, don't, don't throw your Bibles at me. Okay. We think just because we have an experience with God that the devil can't mess with us or even try to take over our temple. If you allow it, if you entertain it, if you replace it, and instead of following God's laws, you sin against them and open it in your life, guess what? I don't care how, are you ready? We talked about the outward and the security, the door and the windows. It doesn't matter how long your sleeves are. I don't care how long your skirt is. I don't care how high you pin up your hair. I don't care if you wear no makeup and your pimples are show. It doesn't matter. You can look as holy as you want to. You can be as religious as you want. You can keep a television out of your home. You can never watch a rated R movie. You can never do certain things. But if your thought process isn't right and you got sin in your heart, guess what? You are not going to stand. You will not be able to withhold things. That's religion. Religion says, I'll dress right, I'll drive the right car, I'll look right, have my family together, look good, get those. I mean, listen, I like pictures too of my family. I brag on my family. I love my kids like you love yours, and I share them all out. That's a, I think that's my legacy. I mean, if I don't ever do anything good, I talked to my pastor this last week, and, and you know, he told me, he said, you know, Bobby, he said, if that's all you ever do with your life is raise those kids, he said, that's enough. And that's the same for you. If the best you can do with your life and legacy is to raise strong children with strong values and strong, strong senses to come to God's house, I'm going to tell you something. You've done a great job. You've done a great job. I'm telling you, moms and dads, you've done a wonderful job. Because the most important thing in our life is the things we possess. It's the people in our life. But if I want to protect my family, guess what? I can't allow certain things into my heart. I can't do it. You can't do it either. I have to let the king have place in my life. Somebody say amen. 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 Let, me, let me draw you a picture. Oh, did y'all see that? Sorry. That means we got to move on fast. Let me draw you a picture. You remember this story? 
Now, Grandma was watching our YouTube channel. But um, that's how I picture the story. You remember, the, you remember the story of Little Red Riding Hood? Oh, pa oh, Pastor Bobby, are you kidding me? I'm telling you, God tells me to do these things to keep. Look, we think because we can say big Greek words and big Hebrew words that we're super smart. And let me tell you, you memorize those all you want to. The Holy Ghost, you don't get it through his spirit. You're not getting nothing. Let's simplify everything. Let's keep it simple. And then you can go deeper. The simpler you make it, the deeper you can go. Do you remember that story? And the wolf found out. What happened? How did the wolf get inside Grandma's house? Prior to Little Red, we'll call her Little R. Little R was on a trail. And while she was on her trail, this guy met her and began to question her. Where are you going? Where have you been? What's that with you? Found out everything about her, found out where she was going, conversing with her. Therefore, he beelined it to Grandma's house while she was watching her YouTube channel. That's sorry. <laughs> he got there, took her place, and was waiting for little R. That's her street name. So you got, you got this scenario here. You got this scenario here where you're try, you were trying to figure out what in the world would happen. I'll tell you where it happened. She came across bad company around the way. And when you come across bad company and you let them have an influence in your life, you give away your secrets. You give away everything, and it will hinder your destination. That's how hell tries to flank you. This is how the devil tries to get into your life. You see, I don't care how strong that house may be, if it can make it into your heart and you reveal the secrets of your heart and start sharing things with the wrong people, it'll get into your life and start waiting there for you to try to trip you up and mess up what God has for you. That's how it happens. Wolves and sheep clothing. They'll sneak in. They'll come in and try to rob and try to steal, kill, and destroy. But when you have discernment, you can stop that. See, most of you, are you're on a journey right now. We're all on the journey, actually. And we're going to get in contact with certain people that don't have your best interest at heart. I have to just make it plain for you today and tell you that there have been so many, so many great people I've seen throughout the years, people who had great ministries, people who had so much potential that they allow a certain influencer or influencing to, to come into their life and take them away from God. And they don't have to break into their home they don't have to break into the window, come into the back door. They just got to get into your heart. And once they're in your heart, you bring them into your home. And when you bring them into their home, they start to destroy it. Can I give you the key for protecting your home? How many of you would like to know that? 
Can I give you the key? I'm gonna give I'm gonna get old school on you just for a moment But I got to tell you because we overlook it in the church. I don't hardly hear anybody talking about this anymore And it's such a valuable principle. You have to embrace it the key to keeping the enemy out of your family is for you to live a life of holiness That simple and you can't do it by religious discipline write that down holiness is not a religious discipline Holiness is not a religious discipline where you think you can sacrifice things that would be pleasing to God That's not true Because when you do that uh, you know Look at the life of Saul. When Saul was there as king, yeah, the Lord, the, the prophet told him, don't go in and take the, their animals, don't take their, their substance and their riches. Leave that alone. That, that, that's accursed. I don't, want have, I don't want to have anything to do with that. And then he went ahead and he sacrificed the enemy's cattle. He brought the, the, he brought the substance, and he was just simply thinking he did the right thing and thought, we're going to sacrifice to God. We're going to just give him a great big offering, thinking that was what God wanted. And then God told Samuel, he, he's, he's messed up. I'm taking the throne from him. He doesn't know. He has his own way of doing things. He doesn't listen. You've got to be tender to God and follow your convictions. And if you don't have certain convictions, listen to me. Let me say it to you. Pray until you find them. Because there are certain things that the Holy Spirit will do for you to show you the things that are in your life that you need to keep out. But here's how good God is. Whatever God asks you to stop doing and repent of, He will replace it through His grace. He will give you goodness. He'll give you joy for sorrow. He'll give you beauty for ashes. He'll give you things in your life and bless your life as you'll be a much, much, much more happier person. But how are we ever going to find out what's right or wrong if we don't stay in that mode? I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to say something right here, right now, concerning the protection of your home and watching out for your children. I'm going to say something, and, and, I, and I don't care what the repercussions are because I'm going to pastor this church and protect this church. I'm responsible for this, for this church. You need to be aware that in this city that we love dearly, there are a lot of so-called white witches and people that mess around with what they call tarot cards, white magic, passing spells, and doing things saying that it was in the Bible and Jesus did it too. I've ran into them. We've had them come through this church. I've asked them to go if they don't repent of those things. And we just dealt with some devils recently that tried to be torment that tried to torment. And they're reaching out for your children. You need to be aware who is teaching your child 
who is leading your children, who is trying to pour into them in this city. <laughs> Did you know? <laughs> I'm just going to sound like I'm just going to. I'm not trying to bring you down. <laughs> but do you know Victoria was rated the most boring town in, <laughs> in Texas? <laughs> Did John raise your hand if you heard that? <laughs> okay, that may be true to a certain extent, but I found out it's the company that you keep that makes it fun around here. It's a great place to raise a family. I know that. <laughs> you know, we don't have the big, you know, parks and the amusement parks and all that stuff. But I'm going to tell you something. Our, I think our strongest area in this city is strong families i think it is i think i think victoria has strong families in it and for that reason i feel like hell has began to put people in places that they're teaching our children the wrong thing and trying to influence our children and i'm going to say this one time and i mean this we pray in this church every day and if we find out you're messing with tarot cards and you're, you're into that kind of stuff, if you don't renounce it and repent of it, you will be out those doors. We ain't messing around with that kind of stuff. We're not afraid of it. I will cast, I've, I've cast out a demon out of a witch one time that came to this church. She got so scared afterwards even, she went and took a salt bath. Came back there, she got baptized. We've, I've, I've dealt with wicked before. I've dealt with witches. I've dealt with all that stuff. But I'm not going to leave you ignorant. You probably won't hear, this is not the perfect message to be preaching for church growth. So staff, I know you work very hard at that too. But I have to pastor and I have to tell you that you must be aware of that kind of stuff. It's in our school systems, by the way, more than any place else. I've got documentation. I've got a lot of stuff to back this up. We've been doing the studies on this. It's very strong in this whole region. Now they're starting to move into our schools. Let me tell you something, mamas. Let me tell you something, daddies. You pray for that child every single day, not just pray for them. You teach them how to pray. If they don't, don't think they're too young to get baptized and don't think they're too young, I'm, it, you know, I'm talking about to the age of accountability now. They're smaller. They're babies. The Scripture says the believing child is, is sanctified by the, the, the child is sanctified by the believing parent. But I'm going to tell you something. If they have knowledge of Jesus Christ being Lord and Savior, it's time for them to get baptized. If they understand how to worship and engage, you pray it's time for them to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Because I'm going to tell you something. That spirit that God has given us called the kingdom of God, the power of God, is meant to protect you and your family. Pray every day. Pray in the spirit. Don't live in a defense. Live in an offense that none of that stuff is going to come near your dwelling. That if you run into somebody, you have discernment. You have understanding. I am not going to allow that in my house. It happened to me one time in my home. My son Caleb, I'll call him out, man. Caleb was making friends with everybody, friends with everyone, loved everybody, just like his mama. And one day, Caleb said, Daddy, Daddy, can I bring my friend over? Can he spend the night? I said, sure, son, who is he? He lives right around the corner, so we met him, and you know, he went under my radar. And he came to the house, and they're in there you know, playing around, and I saw him in the living room on top of the table, and 
man, they're playing with, they're playing, I thought was go, go fish, and they're playing cards, and, and Caleb just sitting there all happy. You got to know Caleb when he was little, too. He was always happy. Eyes so big. Happy. He's playing there so innocent, playing these cards. I walked by them. I looked, and I said, that's cute. I looked back. What kind of cards are those? I'll make on them. What kind of cards are those? I looked closer. I said, son, what are y'all doing? How's we're playing a game, Dad? So what kind of game is that? I looked closer. I said, what kind of cards are those? I said, dude. I looked at that little boy. I said, those are tarot cards, aren't they? He goes, yeah. I'm teaching them how to do it. My parents taught me. I said, we don't play those kind of games in this house, son. I don't care who your mama or daddy are. Put them up. <laughs> Time for you to go back home, too. <laughs> well, that's so rude, Pastor Bobby. You run your house like you want to run your house. Let me run my house like I'm going to run my house. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, guys. We're going to do the right thing. Now, listen, had I thought at that moment we can convert him, pray for him, and do that, I would have. But his parents believed that wholeheartedly, and they taught him, and they practiced it, and it's not allowed in my house. Because no, this just gives an indication to you all. People are hungry for the, spirit, for the supernatural, but they're bypassing Jesus Christ to try to get it. Can't do that. You can't operate in a spirit world, but it's the wrong spirit world. You're operating under the auspices of the God of this world, who is Satan himself. So don't think that all these mediums and all these things are of God because they're accurate. No, 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 no. No. They're operating under a different spirit. And those spirits on this aren't the spirit of truth. There's only one spirit of truth, and that's Jesus Christ. So don't get confused by all that stuff. But I'm telling you, you have got to protect your home. You have had to, you got to watch godly things. You, no, really, you, you have to be able to set the tone for your house. But more importantly, it's in your heart. Keep it in your heart. Let me give you some scripture. I'm done. But let me give you some scripture. The first place of dominion is in your heart. And this is where God has to reign. Let me give you Proverbs chapter 21. Listen to what it says. Proverbs chapter 21. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, he turns it wherever he wishes didn't, I teach, didn't we teach you a couple weeks ago that Jesus is the king of kings and because he's given us full reign in our life, we become the little kings? Who do you think the king of the little kings are? Who are the little kings? Well, Paul said he's made us kings and priests. Why? Because we exercise his dominion authority in this world and we're royalty, so we have been colonized. Did you know that you are the authority of your home? And when God sends you even, I believe this with all of my heart, that when God gives you a job, did you know if you're the only spirit-filled Christian on that job, that you have authority more than anybody on that facility, and that your prayers can make a difference, shift the atmosphere, set the tone, and when you walk on there, you'll be the most influential person ever. That's where favor comes in. I'm going to tell you, if you have an, a, a chance 
Pray on your job before people get there. Go to the offices. Pray in the offices. Pray in your office. Do whatever you've got to do. You don't have to pray for anybody. Set the atmosphere. And when you walk in there, you'll carry something with you. I'm telling you, I've seen this work in my personal life. I used to work as an INE technician for a power plant. I was an AC technician as well. And I never asked for one raise. But God blessed me throughout the years because I learned how to pray learn how to take dominion. I took responsibility and I realized there may be other Christians there, but this Christian is going to learn how to be responsible with my assignment and I'm going to make sure that God is in the atmosphere. You got to do something with it. Therefore, you take a good offense and not living on the defense. You want to know the difference between an offensive prayer, offensive prayer, and a defensive prayer? Write this down. The difference between an offensive prayer and a defensive prayer is your mentality. You can pray out of fear, hurt, unforgiveness, worry, or you can pray out of faith. And listen, so you have those two options. One is spirit-led, one is fleshly-led. You can say the same prayer. And depending on your mindset and your spirit and your attitude, that prayer will be answered and effective or it won't have any weight to it. Like, for example, I can say out of my flesh and worry and desire, my own, desi- my own self, Lord Jesus, help me. Lord Jesus, help me. Or, Lord Jesus, they hurt me. Lord Jesus, you're my strength. You're my help. Or I can come by faith and say, Lord Jesus, they hurt me. God, they did me wrong. But, Lord, you're my help. You're my gladness. You're my joy. And I know that I'm going to get up every day with a smile on my face. I bless them, Lord, in Jesus' name. See the difference? You can pray wrong because you have the wrong perspective and wrong spirit and a hurt heart. The best thing you can do any given moment you feel like you've been done wrong, ladies and gentlemen, is to forgive on the spot. Don't carry that junk with you. Don't go to bed with that junk because you have an open heart susceptible for Satan to come in and devils to come in and sow seeds, bad seeds in your mind and your heart. A lot of bad seeds are sown during the nighttime in the season because people go to bed angry. They go to bed with things they shouldn't. Listen, prayer is essential. Is this okay? I'm done. I said I was done. Let me finish this up. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. I'm going to tell you right now, it died. (laughs) Darn. So the rod of correction straightens up a child. I don't know what your philosophy is on spanking, but I'm going to tell you something. I got them when I was young. I mean, I I know what this is. (laughs) Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? What's it called, a pinta? Oh, come here, let me, come here. You showed it already. Come on. I don't care if you're offended by this or not. I'm reading you the Bible. 
and it says if you spare the rod you'll spoil the child you want to keep that child's heart right i'm heart right i'm gonna tell you you got to tell them the difference and teach them that this is the i'm telling you Teach them the difference between right and wrong and know there's consequences for defying authority. If you teach them to respect you as an authority when they're younger, they'll respect the other authorities that they'll come into their life. Here you go, Jeff. You don't know how happy that made me. Just it's working. This preaching is working. I, I love children. Don't, don't misunderstand me. But the problem we have in our world today is that children are so rebellious and so disrespectful to authority because in the house they were never taught to respect it. Don't worry. That's why God put a lot of, lot of, a lot of meat back there. That's right. That's why some of you were blessed with a big one. Anyway. You knew your future. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help me. God, help me. Here we go. I'm telling you, but this is what I was going to say from that scripture. Come on, Haley, I messed up the sermon already. <laughs> I have a lot more scripture too. Here's, here's what I was going to tell you. Uh, as a child of God, do you realize how many times God has corrected us when we got out of line? How many of you ever had God correct you? I mean, he didn't spank you, but he at least allowed something to happen to let you know you're out of bounds. That's how much he loves you. He loves you so much, he doesn't want you to stray away. So when God begins to do something in your life and, and you recognize, hold on a second, things aren't working down this path. Check and find out, is it my attitude? Am I keeping his word? Am I, am I trusting in, in his authority, not just mine? But you see, when you're under his authority, his authority works through you. He protects you. But don't allow anybody to come into your life that's going to, you know, be careful who you share your heart with. You know, you got you to gotta be very careful who you share your, your ideas with and your heart with and who you open up to and who you leave your kids with and all these things because it's the path between your, your life and home is where hell enters in. And the devil will come right into the front door. So... I have to tell you so much. I feel like I have so much to share with you. I only have a little bit of time every week, but God has given me secrets throughout the years and strategies and taught me how to raise my children, what to do, and a lot of it had to do with my heart because whatever was in my life will begin to flow into my children. If I have sin in my life, then my children would have demons they'll have to deal with because I was the gateway, because I was the authority of my home. But when Jesus is the center of your home and the center of your heart, I know you love your children. I don't know who I'm talking to. But if you've got certain habits in your life, and then you're, don't, don't, don't be surprised when your children grow up with the same habits and never come to God. You're the gateway. Just because you did in the secret doesn't mean that it wasn't, it wasn't, it's open in the spirit. In the spirit realm, when you do things in secret, you see, God said when you pray in secret, he rewards you openly. The same happens when you sin. Your reward is done openly. And spirits see that. Spirits are watching you, and they're seeing every move you make. And if you give them a place, they're going to be the influence, and they'll start messing with your kids. But if you live right, do right, pray right, and live right, listen, don't get discouraged because you feel like i got to give up all this stuff. It's not about giving up stuff. It's about giving into Jesus. 
He'll take care of all those things. But don't become the gateway into your family to destroy your family. Be the person that's going to ward off those things and say, hell, you can't come into my life and you can't touch my children. You can't touch my career. You cannot touch my education. You can't touch my mom and dad. You can't touch my You cannot abide in my home. I don't care how religious you are. You gotta have a good heart. It has to be filled with the Holy Ghost. It has to be filled with the Spirit of God. And you gotta keep a consistent prayer life. And you gotta keep a consistent word life where you're reading the word. And I'm telling you, if you'll do those things, the kingdom of God will reign through you. It's amazing what God has been doing lately through consistent prayer. There are some things you don't even have to pray for, but God just starts doing things and God starts opening up doors and, and you start feeling more peace in your life and you start feeling more, more calmness and less anxiety. And it's because God is reigning. The kingdom has come. The kingdom has come. And it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And he wants to reign through you. It's not over till God says it's over. It's never too late. And I'm going to tell you something. I've learned throughout the years. If I want a breakthrough, I've got to separate myself like Jesus did. Go alone into the mountainside. Go alone to some place and, and, and spend some time with him. And the more time you spend with God, the less trouble you'll have with people. The more time you spend with God... Those big moments, that those sudden surprises that try to knock you off your feet can't move you, can't shake you, can't torment you, doesn't trouble you. You're not going to be biting your nails all the time. You're not going to be calling up everybody and say, I don't know what to do. You're going to stand still, and you're going to be able to declare, I know where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth. That's where my help comes from. What are we going to do? We're going to trust the Lord. What are we going to say? We're going to praise the Lord. What are you going to do? I'm going to go to church. Why? Because God is good, and he's good all the time. He's done nothing wrong to me. But when I go to church, I get empowered. I get encouraged. I get strengthened. What are you going to do? I'm going to go pray because when I get on my knees, I'm the tallest when I'm on my knees. I'm the tallest when I'm on my knees. What are you going to say? I'm going to say the word of God because God's word will last forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will last forever. That's what I'm going to do. Why? Because I have the kingdom of God inside of me. What's that? It's where the king reigns. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Come on, stand to your feet, lift up your hands, and somebody worship him. Hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah right now. Come on, somebody raise a hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. No weapon formed against you can prosper. God loves you so much. God cares about you so much. He has your best interest at heart. Nothing can penetrate this church. Nothing can penetrate our families. God, we bless every family in this house. God, we bless every household. We establish, God, the best security we can have. There's nobody going to pass by us. There's no ungodly influences that's going to come in our families. We are going to stand strong. We are going to stand tall. 
We're going to depend on God and we will give you all the praise and glory. Father, let the anointing fall on every family. I'm going to pray for you right now. I'm going to pray for an impartation. I feel it right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every family, every household, every mom, every dad, every single person, people dating, wherever it is, wherever they are in life. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, let your angels work in this building. Let them, God, begin to lift everything out of their life that's ungodly. We pray right now, Father, remove, 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 remove every obstacle. Remove all distractions. Remove, God, all ungodly influences. Remove them from their lives. God, remove them from their lives, Father. And we pray that the Holy Ghost would have full reign, that the Holy Spirit would begin to work. Let the anointing fall on them right now. Let the anointing fall on them right now. Let the anointing fall on them right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. Somebody say now. Say, I embrace it now. Say, yes, for me and my house. We're going to serve the Lord. Someone say, change my heart, God. Change my heart. Renew a right spirit inside of me. I'm going to tell you what some of you need right now. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's the power of God and the grace of God to work in your life. Pray in the Spirit every day. I put it on Facebook because I'm serious and I'm here to help you. I'm so serious about this, folks. I had a, I had a crew in a Bible study called Born Again. I have it once a month for people that want to get baptized and understand baptism and want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you want that Bible study, text me, inbox me, put it on the church family group page. I'll teach you a Bible study. I've got one scheduled already. I've got one yesterday scheduled. But you need the power of God in your life. It will make all the difference in the world. You need the kingdom of God to reign in your heart. To let him have everything. And I'll tell you something. When you stand under the shadow, remember this. Some of us think we have to wrestle with devils all the time. No, 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 not, no. No, if you'll do according to Psalms 91, he said, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He just said, dwell there. And then he said, he will protect you. He didn't say he, you had to fight against every fiery dart. He didn't say that. He didn't even say you had to fight against every destruction that comes at noonday. He didn't say that. He said, because you set your love upon him, that all these protections, all these benefits will fall upon you. All you got to do is dwell in his presence and fall in love with him all over again, and you'll be protected. And you'll be protected. It is all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. How many of you believe that? Come on, make this your last prayer. Father, renew my love. Say it. Say it. Lord, renew my love for you. Renew it, Father. Renew my love. Let the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Now. And then I feel it right there. I feel it right there. Say it, Lord. Renew my heart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Renew my heart. Fill me with your love. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Now, somebody give God some praise.
Church, wasn't that a powerful message from Pastor Bob? Before we leave, I want us to give somebody a chance to say yes to Jesus. Y'all agree with me? Y'all agree with me? So repeat after me as a church family. Uh, let's say this prayer. Say, Father, I acknowledge your Lord. I acknowledge that I need you. And I believe in your son. I believe that he died for my sins. And I believe he rose again. And I confess Jesus, Lord, over my life. Lord, over my family. Lord over my finances. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said amen. Come on, let's give that a hand clap. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.